Hello and welcome to the fourth bonus episode of the Littlest Putcast. I am your host James, and I know it has been a while, but uh, I think I'm about ready to start continuing. And uh, before I continue on with season three, I have to do a season two retrospective. So, I guess let's just get into, like, a few of my general thoughts quick. Um, like, I think season two, like, like, in general, the podcast has changed a little, or a lot, depending. Like, I started out, like, more long form, like how season one ended, but Like, the episodes have been getting shorter. Because, like, I don't have to explain as much. Because, like, uh, I think I'm, like, used to it at this point. Used to, like, talking about the episode and saying what I want to say. And saying what I need to say. But... I mean, there are still a few surprises along the way as well. And, like, a few input from other sources as well. Um, I mean, this was also a time of change for me. Because, like, like the start of Season 2, I had, I had a job. And, I mean, I still have a job. I had started a job when I started Season 2. And then, like, I moved, and then it got took off of Netflix. There was a lot of change involved in, like, the production of Season 2. And, I mean, there's going to be some more change uh, going forward. Um, Like, I might be getting an internship for, like, something I'm actually studying for. It's not that I don't like the job I currently have. It's just I don't want to do it forever. You know. Anyway. Um, what else about season two? Like, I guess, how, like... Okay, so, like, 50 episodes in on this, I'm, like, halfway through the entirety of the series. And, like, I mean, I like doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. This has been an absolute joy. However, um, I also can't wait for it to be over. Because, like, uh, I'm sort of at the point now where it feels like me and the show are cellmates and we only get to enjoy each other's company in the um in for the context of the podcast or the prison and it's it's very good it's a good prison it's a nice prison we're not being abused by the guards or anyone or the prisoners or anyone, like I said. But at the same time, there's a sense of freedom that 
is sort of lacking. Just that's just a thought I'm having in general. Like like I mean no doubt my like relationship with the show itself has changed a lot based on this podcast. But I view it overall for the better. Cause like this podcast one of the goals of the podcast is to help me express myself better. And I think I'm doing that. I think I'm thinking things through more when I just couldn't before. I mean, I still have some progress left to go because, like, I still, like, can't convince some of my roommates, all two of them, that, like, sometimes, like, a thing I have, like, doesn't make sense, but it, like, doesn't need to in order to affect me. So, like, autoplay or, like, subtitles and stuff, like, like, there are, there are many things that I am, like, weird about that, like, I can't, I can't do, and I, I need to be able to explain that just a little better, but, I mean, they're also kind of talking more, I guess. I don't know. So, is there anything else before I just dive into uh, the episodes themselves? Like, I don't know what else I would say. I mean, I guess how good a season is season two, and I'd I'd have to say it's a pretty good season, but... I mean, to do that, let's just go through the episodes themselves and see what we can take out of them. So, missing... Like, it has been a while since I've seen a lot of these episodes... Like, even the season finale, I took a, like, break. Because, like, I I did need it. I guess that's the other end of that, you know, coin. The other side of that coin as well. Where, like, I mean, it's fun. I want it to be done. But also, like, I need a break from it sometimes. Just because, you know, it gives me breathing room. To enjoy some other things, I guess. Like, yeah, that's that's why there's not been many episodes. So, on with the um, you know, uh, show. On with on with the episode. So, <laughs> okay. So there's a missing Blythe. Overall, I have to say that it's it's a good episode. I really like it. It picks off where the great season one finale started off. And, like, even though that could have been standalone, 
like this picking it up and doing something great with it like just is a testament of how good like how much the writers have improved between seasons like there's a lot of like really good things about this there's like the the pets emotions like there's Blythe's emotions there's like Mrs. Twombly's emotions and you know there's Madison who is who's just delightful uh oh Madison uh what else like I like the setting of fun as you know the sort of prison I was talking about kind of where like like it's great but Blythe needs more and she's not getting it out of uh, fashion university nor like there's a heck of a lot there um there's the Ben Stein teacher that like like they mess up like like you can try to do a Ben Stein impression you don't you don't need to like you don't need to just do it at your voice like Bueller like like that that's how I would say it normally but like but like like you got you got to do like the full Ben Stein like Bueller Bueller all right mine's not good but I made an attempt and you know that that happened at the actual episode as well like yeah like overall I think this episode uh like as well it it's very much an opener to a season because like it, it really like it gets everyone back together it like whenever it's it's kind of like one of those sequels where everyone's apart and they have to round up the old gang to do something kind of thing and it does that really well but like it doesn't like trample on like what happened at the end of season one in fact it's enhanced by it because like it it develops even more through through like what's happening here and what's happened with them previously it's just everything is so well put together in this episode so um i think that's all i have to say about this episode so now we're going to be moving on to the episode the nest hat craze i remember this is a weird episode okay i'm sorry for the mouse clicking or scroll wheeling gonna hear it a lot and i'm not a hundred percent sure how i would edit it out exactly well i would know how actually i just um i don't know i would need to practice it a little bit but i suppose that's what this is for so 
Hold on. Actually, I don't. I would have to look it up, and this episode's late enough as it is already, and it's probably going to be... I'm going to probably record this in two chunks, because I'm a little tired right now. I have work in the morning. Stuff's happening. But, uh, for this episode... Yeah, it's just weird. There's a lot of weird stuff that is happening in this episode. Like, that they even call it out at one point. I'm looking through my notes, and they call it out, but they don't do anything about it. It's just, yep, this is weird. And, yeah, no, they just go with it. To its credit, it's... It's a pretty good episode for being super weird. But, uh, like, it's just weird is all. Like, the, the whole wearing a nest on your hat thing is weird. Like, I mean, like, the, the pets taking care of an egg is been done to death. But even that way, it's still interesting and a bit weird. <laughs> Like I'm I'm more concerned about like the world and why people wear nests on their ha- heads. I mean they don't by the end of the episode. And like I mean I like uh the whole like purified biscuit thing I came up with here cuz like like it works. I and you know what? That was a whole big dumb thing I came up with, but I just roll with it. So it works for the episode. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's so great. Uh, I love it. But it's weird. Um. Okay, there's... <laughs> I mean, Hubble Hubble was adorable for however long he lasted. It was only this episode, but like not even the entirety of the episode, like maybe maybe about half an episode. But he was great. Uh what else? Oh yeah, no, the biscuits prove themselves to be even worse in this episode by mistreating that assistant. <laughs> Uh, oh god, this is Oh oh it's just I'm looking through my notes and I realized this is where they introduced Chirper as their Twitter substitute. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. This is dumb. This whole episode is Dumb. <laughs> like, like it's fun, but it's dumb. They, they, like, apparently people in this universe will put anything on their heads because Zoe thinks it'd be fashionable to put origami on their heads. And at the end, everyone wants to put a hedgehog on their head. And it's like, what? what is it with you putting stuff on your head? I mean, come on. Hats are fun, but... 
Like the nest hats craze. Should have told you don't put random stuff on your head. Uh, I think that's all I have to say about this episode. I don't think I'm being as thorough as I can be, but it has been a while, and frankly, I was a lot more thorough in the episodes, but this is just sort of like a brief, like, you know, look into, and not like a, like a deep dive into everything, just, just like a, like, like a screenshot of what each episode has to offer. Like, I keep, I keep thinking there's more for me to talk about, but there really isn't. There's not, there's, like, a lot of stuff that, like, I've already covered, and, like, me going over it would be just me going over it again. And just overall, like, I don't know how much of my opinions have changed, but it's just, like, observations I have. So... I guess that would be that. So now we go into the next episode, Eight Arms to Hold You. Uh, this is um, this is another weirdish episode. It's not as weird as the last episode, I don't think. Maybe it is. It's not as like eclectic as the last episode. The last episode was weird all over the place. This one just has one weird topic and it goes for it. Like like the whole like Blythe and Russell having sleepover kind of thing. Now I know sleepovers can be platonic but I'm just saying on top of a lot of the other evidence I've seen and how TV tropes and Gene pointed out this is just like icing on the cake and it's really really thick (laughs) like outside of that though it's a fairly entertaining episode even if it does kind of give away the twist in the opening or the title rather not the opening but I mean there's a lot to go off of and you know, there's a lot to enjoy. There's like Russell and uh, not Russell. Um, there's Sunil and Vinny trying to sneak into the pet shop and causing a blackout in the process. There's the whole ghost thing that, even though it's kind of undermined by the title, is still a little interesting. And just like, I don't know. <laughs> Russell freaking out. And you know what? I will say, for as much of a jerkish Russell can be sometimes, like, he he knows how to homebrew a game to make it better with my first formal dance. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, like I don't think Russell's, like, terrible. He's just not great. It, it's weird. Like... I mean, it doesn't come up in this episode, but, like, like seeing how he homebrews uh, my first formal dance to make it actually better and more open and fun and willing to take diverse experience, 
like it's, it is kind of weird that I point out in later episodes how much of a jerk he can be sometimes, and he's like kind of like like a jerk jerk a little I don't know it's a little hard to explain sometimes like I don't know maybe he just homebrewed it to gain an advantage and like it ended up being a better version of the game I don't know but either way like like I said this episode's fun and interesting although it is yeah it is weird with the um you know context of like Russell having a thing for Blythe and I think that's sort of what the season wants us to aim for but somewhere along the line that message got muddied I don't know it's it's a little weird I don't know but yeah like I said this episode's fun the ghost stuff is fun even though it's a little obvious I like the scene with Roger in it because of course I do like Vinny and Sunil sneaking in is fun like it's fun but just weird and I think that's the most I can say about this episode but oh oh boy the next episode Heart of Parkness and boy is that an episode <laughs> uh, okay so this this started this season's like trend for the podcast about talking about racism even though I'm not an expert I can still point it out. I just don't know what to do with it afterward. Sometimes, because, like, this is by no means the worst example. It's just kind of there, and it's just, like, part of, like, ingrained in society. It's just that. And I spent, like, an hour and a half talking about this episode because this whole situation with the raccoons is weird and Joey Feathers being the only person that can translate them being this weird guy and like they look like Native Americans and Sunil if they act like a tribe they don't like they speak in gibberish it's really really bad (laughs) Like, really bad. Like, uh I mean, it's not the worst example, but, like... like it's one of the worst examples in a show that's supposed to be... You know... Trying to teach you morals, essentially? Like, there are worse things on something like... It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is like aiming that low 
this is at least trying not to offend anyone, but it it's failing. It it fails, and I guess I also point out the thing where like Sunil's voice actor is white, and he's supposed to be Indian, and the same goes with Steve the Cobra, who's in this episode. And, like, that is also kind of messed up. But, like, it it's this weird thing about society that, like, I, I didn't notice. Like, I mean, like, like I just I just didn't notice it until I learned about the problem with Apu. And it just like all of a sudden it clicked and all of a sudden I saw that this was wrong. I didn't know it. So I didn't think of it. That's that's the whole thing with white privilege. <sighs> okay, outside of racism though. Like, if we were to... It's hard to remove racism from this episode. I mean... But, like, the stuff around it... The the premise of, like, Sunil gaining courage... The whole biscuits tracking down a cobra in the park... Like... And, like, that all thing... Those are interesting and... The Biscuits thing is incredibly fun to watch because it's the Biscuits, like, just failing spectacularly. Oh, oh, and and those two, um, like, park watchmen, park security people, those guys were... I liked them. <sighs> like, like, if it wasn't so rooted in this like thing that it's in this whole casual racism thing that it's in this would be like an alright episode <laughs> like I mean like yeah it, it it teaches Neil about gaining some courage I guess it like the Biscuits story is fun. The Blythe and Co. following them is fun. But, like... Like, if the, if they put in a little more effort to make it a little less awkward and weird and dumb with the whole racial aspect, with the whole raccoon thing, at least... Like... Honestly, like, the problem with Sunil... Hey, that's the name of the title. Uh, like, that that whole thing... I just brought that up because, like, I was already on that track of mind and the episode's about Sunil. But, like, the biggest problem is the raccoons, at least in the episode... Because, like, again, I'm used to Apu long before I thought it was a problem. And it is a problem, but it's also, like, outside of the problem, there isn't a 
problem, I guess, is weird. Where, like, the whole thing with the raccoons is that th their entire existence is a problem. Like, d d do something just a little different with them. Like, a little different. And then... And then we can, you know, go back to, like, enjoying this episode somewhat. Like, it, it has a lot of things that can be enjoyed, but... Just that, that thing holds it back a lot. Uh, I'm talking in circles again, and... Frankly, I don't want this section of the podcast to go on for an hour and a half, so I vote that we move on. All right, the next episode is palm reading. I like this episode. Like, it's it's a fun episode. It plays with the premise of the show really well. And, you know, like, there are a few weird things about the episode but overall it's it's a good episode <laughs> like like the whole idea of someone claiming to talk to animals comes in and <laughs> like th like they don't it's really fun and they they play with the premise really well and <laughs> love i love the fact <laughs> that like she's like a like a court <laughs> like agent, and it's really really well played. Uh, okay, so I mean, I guess like a correction I should make. It's a slight correction. Is that like Russell says that they have to play along to respect Mrs. Trombley? To which I responded that you didn't, and like. Like, I get, like, I get the idea of, like, not wanting to hurt Mrs. Trombley's feelings. But, like, at the same time, she is clearly lying. And being honest and telling the truth wouldn't have wasted the day ordering a failing pet food company's pet food just... To please pets who aren't pleased with it anyway. Just that, like, that that's more what I'm trying to get. Is that, like, like, I get you wanting to respect Mrs. Tomley, but at the same time, I think that, like, a, a better way to respect her is to respect her business that she started on her own after her glamorous worldwide uh, martial arts <laughs> movement. Uh, that's uh, yeah, Miss, Mrs. Twombly is at a strange life. And like I also say that Mrs. Twombly is insecure which you might be thinking she's like a she was like a famous martial arts person what does she have to be insecure about I will tell you it doesn't work like that like like 
I know this is a morbid comparison, but think of all the, like, high-level, like, musicians or actors or whatever who were still depressed and killed themselves. I know that's morbid, but it's an apt comparison in this. Like, Mrs. Twombly thinking that, like, she's not as up to snuff as she wants to be. Like, even though she's, like, a small business owner with, like, an evil capitalist maniac working against her most of the time. And it's just, it's just, like, you know, like, she has feelings. She's a human. Or animal, I guess. Because, like... Another thing is I bring up the whole, like, animal evolution state here. And that whole free will thing plays into, like, Russell not wanting to hurt the feelings. Which, I don't know if that holds up with my current explanation. But, like, maybe it does. I don't know. I'd have to look back on it and think on it. Uh, but, but the main event of this episode is me connecting this show with the universe of Ace Attorney, and I just love that I am able to do that, (laughs) because, like, like, yeah, you probably know this if you've listened to the episode, but I really love the Ace Attorney games. And it seriously is great. Oh, <laughs> uh, that I can I can do that. Oh, uh, goodness. Um man, I it's oh, I love it. I love it so much. Like just just how much I could I could put in there, and also like the music I added in there. I think I did a good job, and I would like to do something like that, uh, you know, with future episodes of the podcast. I just don't know what I would do with that. You know, like with with Ace Attorney, I know what to do right away because like Ace Attorney is such iconic music. But, like, if I mention, I mean, I don't know, the first thing that came to mind was Pac-Man, but Pac-Man's theme is iconic. But, like, that's just a little jingle, where, like, his attorney is more, you know, like, music. I don't know, it's, I just don't know what I would be talking about when it comes to like things that have a full score that I can use that's iconic uh, but either way like it's just uh this this is a great episode and I love it so much so much uh, like it's it's a good episode and I 
get. Like, like even with both little, like, stuff that doesn't somewhat make sense, even though it does, it's still really well how they did it. I like seeing the animals out of their element. I like seeing Blythe go full Ace Attorney and proving some stuff by cross-examining animals and... <laughs> getting stuff done with her special power and job she has at 13. This is great. This is great, and I wish more things took place in the Ace Attorney universe. Uh, okay. Okay, let's, uh, uh, let's move on. I'm, I'm done. Okay, so the next episode is The Treasure of Henrietta Twombly. And I really like this episode as well. I think it's a really fun episode. It has, like, the going back and forth between past and present. So it's doing something to shake up the formula. But it has... Yeah, okay, we're getting to the heart of the problem with the episode, which is it has, like, them standing in, like, the present-day people standing in for the past people. And, you know, the animals, like, being there just like okay i know my two guests on the uh name game episode thought this like wasn't like suspension of disbelief breaking they thought it'd be easier to explain then than now but i highly disagree with that fact because like even if someone's willing to take, like, an animal somewhere, like, how would you get a panda? Like, a, a honest-to-goodness panda. Like, now I can sort of believe it. I can believe that, like, okay, before I knew the truth, before I knew that Penny's owner is a zookeeper who just has a special permit to keep her at their house I thought like yeah someone's rich enough and eccentric enough to want to buy a panda I can believe that and I can believe that they can get their hands on it now easier than they could in the early 1800s like like America wasn't as powerful in the early 1800s as it is now, it, it wasn't a main player on the world stage. It's just there, and someone that you could trade with to get stuff that you couldn't get otherwise in some situations. And, like, you know, there's a lot of other things that just come up here. Like, like, I don't think that, like, th there was enough, like, power to get animals from here to there without also being, like, 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 ostensibly wealthy. Like, 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 top 1% wealthy. And Henrietta Twombly was not that because she had the biscuits to compete with who probably were they were trying to construct the area 
I don't know. This is... I, I find this whole thing dumb, but like... Like, once I get past it, or once, like, like, if you put the dumbness aside, it's still fun. It's still fun, like, it's fun with Riley and his camera crew trying to find it, and then Blythe and the pets setting up a counter uh, thing to gun for it, and, like, you know, finding... Uh, like, buttercream, and she does that weird stuff. Because, like, yeah, this is also the episode where I proposed that buttercream was being, was born in a place between time and space. Which, I mean, that, that's weird, but I love it. <laughs> anyway, uh... The, the whole thing in the past is really well set up, too. And, like, it's really fun and entertaining. Like, aside from the problem that I have with it. Like, yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing with, like, a, like, a good amount of the episodes, I think. It's, I like it, there's a problem here. Or I like it. This doesn't sit right with me. And just just that whole thing in general is where like a lot of like the problems come from. Because it's just a lot of little problems, but when you add them up, it becomes this weird mess of a show. And you know, I don't I don't hate the show, it's just It's just weird at times. <laughs> but, like, overall, this is a good episode. I also don't know why Henrietta Tromley didn't name the pets. I guess because, like, you know what? No, I'm glad, like, thinking it through for, like, two seconds longer, I'm glad she didn't name the pets. Because they would be like Zooey and Vincent and Russell or, or some some like slight deviation from their name. And that would have made it even worse. <laughs> like like I'm fine with the Biscuit Brothers existing because that seems plausible. That is entirely plausible possible even <laughs> uh, and I mean like Blythe being the sheriff is weird enough already but I think it's more of a weird stand in more than anything <laughs> it's it's just dumb <laughs> it's just dumb so, I think that's all I have to say on that. What meme worry is the next episode? And, you know, this is a delightful episode. Uh, I think it handles, like, 
the meme thing well for a show that talks about memes and internet culture. Because, like, it goes into, like, the outer ring of internet culture a little bit. Like, like the impact that it can have in the real world. Like, it, it's, it's not, like, out there or anything. It seems fairly reasonable, like, the reaction that, like, most people have. And, you know, the only unreasonable reaction of making a music video that... <laughs> that says I'm better than everyone else or we're better than everyone else is like it's not that odd because like it's the biscuits doing it and they're unusual themselves uh goodness it's uh this episode's great I, I love how Sunil reacts to the fact that overnight he's become a meme I love how Zoe reacts to this as well because she wants to be famous. Uh, and I just... I like so much about this episode. <laughs> I love the fact that Jasper has, like, just Dragonfire117 as his username. Oh, that is that is definitely, <laughs> like, like, a, like, a teenager's pick. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm at least a little grateful that I could, you know, mesh my username up and, you know, kind of rebrand myself while still being on brand. And you know what? For all intents and purposes, I like my username now. It's just a really, really awkward story that comes from it. But, like, like I like Cow Jasper... Like, like, just explodes with joy as well in this episode. And just, uh, in the ending, uh, just, this is just a good episode. Uh, oh, and this is also, this is also, uh, when I proposed that Blythe and her friends went through to, like, pulled an all to play the Scott Pilgrim video game. Ah, uh, because because of her cell phone. Ah, <laughs> uh, but and also like Mrs. Twombly trying to speak youth. <laughs> it's great. This whole episode is just great. I think because it's like weird already. Like taking a premise that like normally turns weird in like. A more grounded show like it, it doesn't have that effect in this show because <laughs> like 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 what what is like this how is this going to make things even weird <laughs> like how at this point how <sighs> um, like it's it's so good they 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 do it so well uh Oh, uh, there. This is this is just this is just a good episode, and that's why it's a little shorter than most episodes around this hour. <laughs> I don't really have much else to say other than that, but it's so good. All right, I took a 
break between that and now or then and now rather I don't know it's still weird so the next episode is the big feathered parade and like it's a perfectly fine episode there's just like a few things up with it like one of the smaller things that I'm not too big a fan of is just how Vinny doesn't get it until the very end. Like, it works for the story, but it's it's a little weird. Um, And then there's also, like, Ramon, who's an interesting character, but, I mean, he's played by a white guy. Like it's a it's a fine episode. It's just there's a few like I guess the big weird thing is just like what what is the big feathered parade? That's that's the biggest concern I have with the episode because like I mean the episode's fine. It has a really good lesson about you know hero worship. And about, you know, like, how to be your own hero, essentially. One's a little more on the nose than the other one. But, like, like just, like, the, the setup, like, like, I know they have a big feathered parade, but I don't know why they have a big feathered parade. You know, it's it's really weird cuz like like you would you would think that like like they would uh like say it's for this celebration or something. I don't know. Like like it's it's a big city. I'd even accept that like this is just a group of people in a like community or a neighborhood put on this parade to celebrate their heritage every year. I would believe that. It just needs to be sad as all. That's that's my whole thing with it. But like I said, other than that, it's a pretty good episode. I I mean, it's it's very fun. And yeah, it di- it did teach me that ostrich is a stupid word to spell. It is a stupid, stupid word. <laughs> okay. Um. I mean, yeah, like I said in the song bit, the song is okay in this. And you know, like. Ramon is a fun character, and Desi is a great foil to that. And I guess, well, Desi and Blythe working together is a great foil to that, where it's just, um, man, that that whole relationship was really fun. Well, it was abusive, but it was fun to explore. Because, like, I don't know, you don't really get something like that. Like, hmm, maybe, maybe I need to rethink uh, 
think how late in tone this show is because like the thing with Desi and Ramon is that it definitely was an abusive relationship and if it were a human and not a mind the bird things might have gone a little differently but since it's an animal but even that we know that animals can talk and have something of a conscious oh Oh, this is... I have not talked about this in a while. Like, like I brought it up in, like, the episodes I talked about it, but, like, like this is some new tech with this theory and world building <laughs> that, like, I honestly have not gotten to in a while because, like, like... Like, once, like, I, I, I kind of zeroed in on a lot of it, and I thought that was it, but there there are still doors to be blown off in this. Oh. Oh, good. So, so, I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's abusive, but I mean... Blythe gets Desi out of it really effectively, and Desi does it as well. Desi helps as well. <laughs> and, like, he even advocates by himself at the end, you know? <laughs> like, using his actual speech. Wait, no. Now I'm even more <laughs> confused about something. I don't know why I didn't bring this up in the episode, but like, if you're like training a like a bird to speak English, why does Blythe speak English to it? Like, like I mean, like shouldn't a, a bird just speak at that point? I don't get it. Uh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. There, there's more conspiracies to be unearthed. I thought, I thought I was fizzling out, but it, it just takes like a broader look at everything to, to put the pieces together. It's that cork board I need. Like, I can zero in on something all I want, but but you can't do it without all the evidence, you know? Hmm. I am going to have to think on this one. Uh... Okay. So, aside from a few complaints... I think this is a really good episode. So now, now we're gonna go on to a day at the museum, which oh boy. So this comes to no surprises anyone, but I'm not really a fan of this episode. It's not bad. It's just like. Like a little too weird for my tastes. Like, like the whole thing 
is that they're acknowledging they're in this like weird fantasy setting. And I don't get that at all. I still don't. Even like all this time afterwards, this whole thing is just freaking me out. Like, I'm sure if someone were to watch this high, they would freak out really terribly. Like, 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 nothing's bad here. Except for the, like, really bad handling of the, the, the like, fantasy. You know? Uh, oh, oh goodness. I can't believe I forgot. Uh, I'm looking through my notes right now. And the security guard is great. And I just, I, I, I put this note in where, like, the guard says, Come back, cutest doggy I've ever seen. Uh, like, the guard is such a good character in this episode. And, um, like... Like, he's, like, the same guard that you see in other places as a guard. He's the stock guard character. Like, they have the stock film assistant character. It's just, like, or design. But they use it effectively in this episode. And, like, the whole museum zombies bit is, you know, it's another Vinny and Sunil thing. And I just kind of expected out uh, them out of that. That out of them. Wow. But I did have fun looking up crazy zombies and finding that weird Flash game. Oh, that was... That was something. And, like, in all fairness, the dinosaur fantasy... is fine. It's just, like... Like, this whole episode is just, like, tainted by that one little thing. But it's a very important thing. And, like, it just, like, trips at the finish line. Where, like, like all of these little things that I can find fun or interesting about this episode just, like, get buried by, like, the sheer weirdness of it all. And, like, it just really throws me off. It's too strong of a taste for me to think of anything else. It's just... Ugh. I was just... I don't know. I don't... I don't want to... Say anything more. Because, like, this is just... Ugh. Like, even, like, it has its points, but, ugh. So we're off on to the next episode, Alligators and Handbags. Um, yeah, this is a good episode. I like the dynamic here. I don't think it's, like, a great episode, but it's an interesting episode. It's a fun episode. It's, it's one I could go back to. And just watch casually whenever. Like, like the whole thing with, like, Blythe and Mona is really good to watch. It's really, 
really good. I like that part more than I like the whole thing with Wiggles McSunbask. To be perfectly honest, that part's just all right. But like the whole like Mona and Blythe thing, uh, that that works really well. Um, other than that, I don't really think I have a lot to say. Like, it's it's a fine episode, but I mean. There's just not a lot to it. It's just what it is. Like, it's people standing up to perceived bullies and finding common ground with them. And that's a good concept, and both stories use that concept well enough. And, like, the... the like, Wiggles is, like, good as a character maybe he should have shown signs of breaking earlier because that twist came out of nowhere but I mean other than that like it's it's a fine episode Blythe's conversation with Cairo the cat was fine but there's just nothing so yeah I'm just gonna stop there so, the next episode is Blythe's Big Idea. This is a really fun episode, and it does some really, really fun things. And I'm, like, looking over my notes, and it's really fun. Like, um... I don't know, I'm just looking at, like, their suggestions for what to do about Blythe getting her own shop. And, like, I mean, it ends on the kiosk, which is a sensible option, I guess. But, like, I mean... Like, I, like I'm reading Vinny's suggestion, and, uh, like, he says that it should be made out of old cardboard boxes, discarded truck tires, and tinfoil and chewing gum. And I just realized just now that that seems like some kids next door tech and i guess since blythe's a teenager like she is adverse to that now because i don't know she she had to leave because she turned 13 and i'm still adhering to that head canon because it makes too much sense it makes too much sense and, like, especially with Alice, it just makes too much sense. But, like, like the whole, like, like, the whole getting a kiosk, like, that sets off the, um, big overarching plot line. Well, that and the last episode, which tied into the first episode of season two. Like, the whole, like, but this, this gives us a place with, like, the Pet Fashion Expo. And it gives Blythe a reason to be there. And, uh... You know, like, Blythe's adventuring across town and sacrificing her scooter for her dream. Like, that... That's a really big moment for her. Like, she thinks she can do it. This is... This is confidence building. 
And this is positive confidence building, not like uh, um, Missing Blythe, where like it, it built up some confidence, but like like it felt too alien. This this one like it, it's still home. I am really discovering new things about these episodes as I'm going through them. See, this is why I do these retrospectives, just just to just to see everything. It's like that corkboard I was going on about. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, that that whole thing was great, and Roger at the end on that is really. Really good. 10 out of 10 dad. But you know what? When has he never been a 10 out of 10 dad? But it's still amazing. And like the the, the pets on the plane story. That was... That was really fun. I liked that. And I liked how it showed that Russell is kind of... Eh, kind of a... Quasovich almost and that serves as a perfectly good transition to talking about the next episode commercial success so commercial success I I love the term I came up with and I find it to be a very useful word it just started out as a substitute for well, you heard it in the name game episode of this. But, uh, like, it just kind of turned into my substitute for any swear. And I feel like I need one sometimes. And it's just really, really, like, Fun. And that that term and what that actually means and how Jasper gets applied with it, like, seeing that was interesting. Seeing how Jasper can change, like, that into this was interesting. It wasn't, like... Great, like, I liked it, but, uh, like, it, it captured the Pwazovich essence just a little too well for me to like it, or, like, it's one of those things where they intentionally make you feel, ugh, about everything, and, you know, like, like Jasper really captures that really well. Uh like the whole commercial idea was like it's really good and it gives them a lot to play with. And and the whole voice thing that they had was was very fun and an interesting way to play with like the idea of a commercial in uh in this uh, universe <laughs> like that's that's something that really only works here or i mean i guess it could work in the other things but in this universe it works well 
Uh, and like I like how Blythe like talks to Jasper around at the end. And you know, like Jasper unpoiseviches himself and you know it's 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 a thing. And like the pets imagining what it would be like that was fun. Uh and uh but I cannot talk about this episode without talking about that bit at the beginning where they were looking for other <laughs> other <laughs> other jobs that in littlest <laughs> began with P and littlest Pat Littlest Pat Oh dear goodness <laughs> There's nothing that doesn't make that funny. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And yeah, it eventually led me to the like boroughs or neighborhoods of downtown city thing. It's uh it's such a it's so ha I can't I just can't with Littlest Pat. Like if it wasn't if honestly, if the name of the episode wasn't Pozovich, it would probably have something to do with Littlest Pat. <laughs> like, that's that's too good. That's almost too good to pass up. But I did, I did because I invented a word, a confusing to spell word, which is an acronym, but it's really, really confusing. Okay, um, I guess that's all I have to say about that episode. Uh. So the next episode is so interesting. And this is just one of my favorite episodes in the series. Like, just just how well told everything is. And how they, like, play with the nature of these stories. And just, like, it's... Like, just the whole, like, fantasy thing. It's really well done. And, like, like, like I said in the title of the episode, just watch the episode. It's just good. It's just good. I mean, it, there, there's a lot of preamble to it. And a lot of the preamble is actually really good too, but like the main thing I really like is is the story itself. And it really does a good job at that. And you know, there there's just not a lot to say about this because it's just it's just good. It's just good. Like, it's it's just a really good start. And they use, like, the inserts effectively. And it in a way that makes sense. Because, I mean, it is entirely fictional instead of being based on a real thing. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. And it's just good. I can't say anything more about it. So... I'm I'm just done with that episode, but it's so good though. Just just watch it. Ah.
I'm done. So the next episode is To Paris with Zoe. And like some episodes before it, it's good. There's just some things about it that I'm not a big fan of. Like, mainly I'm not a big fan of how this episode treats Paris. Like, it's some... Like, it's, like, the best place ever. And it's just... Like, the song goes into it. Blythe goes into it. And the whole thing is just really odd. Like, how much they hype up Paris. It's, it's weird. Um, still, like, everything else about this episode, I enjoy. I enjoy Emma. This is where she gets introduced. And Emma is such a good character. It's really a shame we only get to see her in this season. Uh, I I hope I'm missing her somewhere in, like, one of the later seasons. But, like, it's, it's so interesting, I guess. Well, the last episode was so interesting. This episode is, uh, to Paris with Zoe. And I don't, I'm, I lost my place, but, like, Zoe, like, falling in love with the street mime, and, like, the return of Madame Palm, I liked those, uh, and Vinny's obsession with the insect channel, that was, that was really fun, just, um, like, I kind of like how everything works out in the end, and how Zoe kind of learns not to put all of her faith in a guy she likes, I guess. I don't know. It's fun. Like, really, I think the biggest takeaway for me this episode was Emma. And that is such a good takeaway, too. Like, she's a really good character. And, like, like she serves a really good purpose like like she's sort of a mirror of Blythe where like instead of fashion and design she took up tour guiding <laughs> and that's why I wondered if like if like children of pilots like just have that drive in them you know it's it's such a fun parallel, and they play with it so exquisitely. Uh, so, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Um, we're going on to the next episode, which is Super Senil. Oh, goodness. So, the reason for that, oh, goodness, was I was really tired when I did this episode. And I think it showed a little. Well, I mean, I said it. But, like, like if I didn't, if I hadn't said it, I think it still would have showed. Because, like, like I, I, I just 
caught like two little things and then I was like talking myself down from like saying oh this is a bad show because like I don't think it's a bad show and I don't think this episode's a bad episode but like I had these little things about it some some questions I had or some comments I raised but like I spent the rest of the episode trying to say no that's not entirely <laughs> thought of the show and it it feels like uh in Parks and Rec when uh uh Ben was doing interviews in Pawnee about uh being questioned as being the boy mayor and he just like breaks down and I feel like I have a similar essence in this episode but let's talk about the episode itself for a little bit. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of superheroes, and I like what they do in this episode and how they like sort of parody it. Like even though a lot of these characters have superpowers, and I finally sort of nailed down what Sunil's power is, because like. He does a lot of inexplicable things. And I figured it out. <laughs> like, he just he just gets the mutant ability of someone each extended period of time. I guess week is what I landed on. But, like, the thing is, most people don't have mutant abilities, so most weeks he doesn't have that mutant ability. So, but that's neither here nor there. So the episode itself, when, like, Penny is trying to convince Sunil that he's a hero so that he's not, like, afraid of everything, like, it backfires at first, but then, like, it like prevails at the end that's that's really sweet i like that story and pennyling deserves to be called pandemonium and like the other thing the other story about the food truck was also fun and interesting and you know <laughs> and it had sugar sprinkles which is uh, Sugar Sprinkles is just one of those characters. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, love it or hate it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, like, 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 yeah, I guess, like, this is where I sort of question how bad of a person Russell is, because, like, Russell's not great, but he's certainly no Biscuit Twins who have... A giant car driven by a robot delivering food stuff that nobody likes just so they can make money off of a monopoly. Uh, it's, it's so dumb, but I love it. Like, yeah, this is also where I talk, I think this is also where I talk about like the right amount of dumb or something. Uh, this episode is a little bit of a blur for me because, like, I was really tired. And maybe I'll plan around this 
better next year because I, I had to go to an event. But, uh, yeah, that should do it for this episode. So the next episode is Sweet Pepper. And I really like this episode a lot. It's just, it's a really good episode. I I always love, like, the message, like, be yourself. And they they do a really good job at explaining how to be yourself like rather well because like like it starts off with Pepper being herself and being nervous but by the end like she's being herself and is actually enjoying the company of the person or polecat she likes and nothing really changes about Pepper she just builds more confidence and you know, can actually start talking to Capitan Cuddles. And, um, yeah, there's, that's really all I have to say, but, like, the B story with, like, Buttercream and Blythe is really good, too, and it's really fun as well, because, like, Buttercream is nothing if not fun as a character so like all in all uh like it's just it's just a good episode again um sorry i just i just noticed something so so th- this is also the um episode that uh introduced like the us to the Fergus and Annabelle books even though like a few episodes later there's um there's a movie based on the new book and this is like the new book then or something like because there's a movie coming out that Blythe wanted to get to uh Oh yeah, I did. I did go off on spoilers on this episode, cause like, there's like I just I'm not. I don't understand. Well, I kind of understand spoiler people, but like, eh, like like just like the strictest adherence of spoilers is something that I'm not. Uh entirely connected with so there's that I guess but like a lot of people like 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 going into something's blind which I mean I like going into like a few things blind like some things blind as well but like I don't know. I I like I like this episode outside of that. I've been saying that a lot, but it keeps being true. So, guess we're done with that episode. So, oh boy.
Boy, another another weird episode coming up in Shanghai hijinks. So, this episode, like, it's not bad, but it's casually racist at times. And when I say at times, I mean a lot. Like, okay, so one of the things I wanted to address is that, like, uh, during the episode I said, I don't know why them thinking America is only their movie musicals bothered me. But now I know why it bothered me. It bothers me because... Like, it's the inverse of, like, Americans thinking Japan is only anime, which it's not. And America is not only its exports and movie musicals. It, it's a, like, rich and varied culture. Both, like, everything is a rich and varied culture. And... It is filled with, like, different people. And, like, like it's, like, honestly, like, I kind of find it funny that, like, these Chinese pandas who have never been to America think that uh, it's only, like, the musicals. But it is not, it, like, like, people thinking, like, say, oh, Japan is only, like, anime. Like, that's that's a little worse, in my opinion. Because, like, that's a racial thing, I guess. I don't know. That's... We're, we're back on casual racism station. And this is the episode that originated it. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, that... Like, this whole thing is just kind of weird, you know? It's just, I don't... I don't know how or why any of this got through. It just happened. I don't think it's like... like horribly offensive it's just it's delightfully racist delightfully casually racist oh this is this is weird <laughs> although it does have that rap battle <laughs> and I can't completely hate it cause they had a rap battle <laughs> In a in a kids show a, against the terracotta army and a drag, <laughs> uh, and like like a lot like some of the things are like funny like like even though it bothers me like I still find like the 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 like American musical thing funny. It's a uh, I, I, it didn't seem like it in the episode, but, like, I find that funny. 
Because, like, I also find, like, sometimes that, like, people who say Japan is only anime is funny. Like, if you put it into practice, it's not going to be funny. But if it's just, like, like a joke, it, it can kind of be funny. Like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things. Uh, what else? Oh, goodness. Uh, oh, I loved Roger's Elvis bit at the end. Uh, oh, that's so... It's so great. So quintessentially Roger. Uh this this whole episode is just just another mess. And honestly, it's just kind of eh, except for like a few things. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again, but it continues to be true. And that is why I started the podcast essentially. Still, like, this is just, uh, in terms of episodes, I mean, I don't, I, I go into it a little deeper there in the episode, but just, uh, I don't, it's not great, so moving on to the next episode. So the next episode is grounded and it's a Roger episode. So I love it already. Well, okay, I like I love the Roger plot. I'm not too keen on the DNA test plot. Like like the I even named the episode Mutt Pride because Zoe should have Mutt Pride for the small amount of time she thought she was a mutt and like like she even like changed personalities even when she thought she was a mutt like like you you like it's not genetics that define you Zoe you you are that you are the cutest fanciest whatever type of dog you are I actually don't know what kind of dog she is but that's because she's purple and pink and uh, doesn't have a distinctive dog shape like Madame Palm like you can tell right away that's a Pomeranian but Zoe's just a dog. And, like, she should be a mutt at this point. Like, not at, <laughs> not at this point, but, like, she should be a mutt. Just because, like, I can't really tell what she is otherwise. And it's... Although I do like Zoe's depressed hair initially, not not the New Jersey hair. I, I just found that in my notes. Uh, but you know what? To pick myself up, let's go back to the Roger bits. 
Oh goodness, Roger, Roger losing his job, trying to find a new job, landing <laughs> a job with the biscuits is utterly fantastic, and I love every second of it, including the Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody parody. Oh, it is such a joy. It is such a joy to see Roger being the best dad to people other than five. Because <laughs> he will do it. Maybe maybe he should have like posted for that. We'll be your dad for money. <laughs> that's Oh, that's amazing. Uh uh, oh goodness. I, I just... Ro Roger is my favorite character in this show. And seeing him like this is amazing. Like, it, from him, like, convincing the Biscuits to be nice to him defending his daughter, it's great. It is just great. Uh, oh, that's, that's about all I have to say about that episode. So, the next episode is Inside Job. And, again, I'm a little divided on the A and B plot. Like, I like the A plot a lot. It's a very cool, very interesting plot. And, yeah, I know they do a lot of school elections in shows but like I think they do it well here too but like the the B plot is just like sort of boring and really only goes to servicing the A plot when it needs to at the end but like other than that it's just them like the pets going crazy over a noise and it's just uninteresting. Like, the interesting part is, like, watching the Biscuits play politics. Because, like, they're really good at being nefarious politicians. <laughs> and, like, they, they stamp out Blythe rather well until Blythe turns it on them both when she went full biscuit and when she busted them for the whole water conspiracy. Like, uh, like <laughs> politics really does start out at a local level. Because, like, that is some <laughs> dark stuff. Like, it, the biscuits... <laughs> Just want to protect their monetary interests. And they do that through the, the stupid water bottles. Like, oh, oh, that's not nefarious. I don't know what it is. Uh, and I guess I should talk about the um, weird tangent I went on at the beginning. With the delivery person and, like, the kids' shows for girls. Like, it's so weird that, like, that of all things, through a monkey wrench, 
into like everything else. It's just like like I found it confusing, but I don't know why I found it confusing. And I had to just explore this until I was satisfied. And I eventually got satisfied. Uh, that is Hamilton reference. I've lost track of how many times I made a Hamilton reference. I will never be satisfied with the amount of Hamilton references in this. Jeez. Uh, uh, like, yeah, no. Like... Like, I guess, stamp it with the stamp of episode is good, but, and then the but is if you uh, ignore the B side until it becomes intentional. Oh, yeah, no, the weird bees being the pets in the shop. No, I'm not letting that go. That is weird and dumb. And... It's not the best. Although the bees can talk. Even though flies can. It's dumb. I don't know. I'm. I think I'm done with this episode. No. Like. I mean, like I said, I like the politics aspect. I don't like the sitting around and not doing anything because you're being bothered by a noise thing there we go so the next episode is planet on rio and this episode is just a good episode it collects a lot of elements that i like it has roger it has emma it has ramon being a good antagonist it has zoe making a movie reference it it has like so much good in it and yeah I kind of wish that the good could stay a little longer to make it great cause like I pointed it out before but this is the first time I make a big deal about the episode length bothering me where like I mean when I say make a big deal I mean I admit I put it in the questions <laughs> but like yeah, there's, a uh, like, I think that's the thing with this show, is that it would be, like, better if it had more time to explain things. Because, like, Minka's subplot about getting mad at everyone, like, kind of just happens and comes out of nowhere. But everything else is great. Them getting lost in the forest, the butterfly, which is clearly out for revenge... The whole dancing thing. Oh. Oh, and Roger at the end with with the butterfly plane. And him rejecting Ramon. And Ramon just being the Eric Sparrow of this universe. It's... Oh, everything about this episode really, really hits with me. There, there aren't any real lulls in the episode. There's no, there's no low points. There's just some things I wish could do a little more it's like it's like you know you you hit like doubles or triples or even home run and then there's one batter that just 
makes it a single. It's not bad. It's just kind of want to push him to do a little more. That's that's essentially this episode. Um. So, yeah, that's that's it for this episode, I guess, because it's just one of those ones that's just good. So the next episode is Littlest Bigfoot. And this is another one where it's just good. I don't really dislike any aspect of this episode. Again, maybe it could have been longer to expand on some ideas. And it is odd that they make fun of Penny making up stories, even though they like made-up stories. But other than that, it's really fun. It's just animals in nature. Because <laughs> it's, it's fun and delightful. And there, there's an actual Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, goodness. Like, Bigfoots exist. Cryptids are real in this show. And honestly, there's just... There's no beating the sense of fun this episode has. And, like, this... And it also teaches you to, like, preserve some of that fun. Wait, no, wait, no! I'm just realizing something now. They're they're going to a national forest. And like Finger Lakes National Forest. What what is Fisher Biscuit doing cutting down trees in a national forest in a giant vehicle that that I'm sure someone had to have noticed. Like man Man, the biscuits really are the worst rich people. Like, come on, this is... He has to go to jail at some point, right? Uh, that has to be a jailable offense. Because, like, like... Like most people say, fining means legal for rich people. So, like, honestly, you could make national forests only finable to violate, but it's, it can't be because, like, this is a national forest protected by the federal government. Oh, wow. I keep learning stuff every time I come to this recording session, which is, which is great. I love it. But, yeah, no, the biscuits being terrible, Bigfoot Bigfoots being real. That's right, I am continuing my crusade on Bigfoots being the proper plural for Bigfoot. It's to differentiate the cryptid from uh, anatomy. You know, anatomy is big feet. Cryptid Bigfoot. Because, you know, it makes it easier Although we could just avoid saying Bigfoot in general and call him a Sasquatch. But they're already saying Bigfoot. So if we have to say Bigfoot, we have to define the plural of Bigfoot, which is Bigfoots. 
Okay. Yeah, no, this is a fun episode. <laughs> and, I don't know, it's just really fun. Uh, this is also when the episodes start getting, like, a little shorter, I guess. Because, I don't know, like, I I said I wanted to blame it on the new apartment era, but, like, the last episode of the new apartment era, uh, Butterfly's Revenge, was 40 minutes, and that's a sizable episode that's, that is on the low end of what my average was at the time, but this one gets a little lower, and it gets sort of low. Like, maybe I need to find a new average. Or maybe this is just me getting tighter with the episodes. Although not with the recap episodes, but I only have to do four of these ever. And they're spaced out by 25 regular episodes and a couple of bonus episodes and whatever special episode I want. But other than that, I think... uh, I think we're done with this episode. So there's another big break between uh, recording here, but this should be the last one because I only have four episodes to go and like five minutes per episode on average, I guess. Five or less. And you know what? I should be done this evening and uploading it. But anyway, moving on to the next episode we're talking about, which is Sunil's Sick Day. And this is when I really noticed that the episodes got shorter, because for the first time in season two, and for the first time since, like, early to mid-season one even, I concluded an episode in under 30 minutes. Now, like, there's a bunch of, like, post-amble like, afterwards, so the episode is over 30 minutes, but uh, the core episode took less than 30 minutes, and I was so surprised by that that I thought I had accidentally cut something, but I didn't. It was just that short and sweet. So, what made that episode this way? Well, like... It's just another one of those good episodes where, like, I don't really have a problem with anything in it. It is, like, the right amount of weird for the show where there's a a Sherlock Holmes-type mystery about this gay lover's quarrel, and I am not surrendering on that because, like, this is, like, the first time I've seen this episode through that lens. And it makes a lot of sense, considering, like, some of the stuff they do. Like, like tandem bike riding and, like, bathing together. It It's slightly gay. There's just... I mean, they're animals. I don't know what, like... I don't know what context I should be taking this in. Though, because, like, like, if it's not gay, then what is it? <laughs> it's, like, Turk and JD, but 
even that is a little gay, as I mentioned in the episode. Uh, like, really? I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to, like, like, for some of my other, like, for my big ship extravaganza that I have with, like, Penny Ling at the center of it, and, like, you know, with maybe liking Russell, and Russell maybe liking her, but also maybe liking Blythe, and then Vinny and Penny might have a thing going on. I question that constantly, but this I do not question. This is a hundred percent gay, and yes, I know Vinny is involved with the weird pennyling thing, so maybe Vinny's bisexual, but that doesn't make this any less valid. It's just. It's just weird. You know, it's it's not weird. It's just... It's weird in comparison. Because, like, this... I have, like, no qualms with. This is... Perfectly fine. And, you know... Like, it's played up for... Comedic effect. Or endearing effect. Because of that hug at the end. But, like... That whole web I'm spinning is just, I don't get it. And I don't like it. (laughs) But uh, other than that, um, this, this is a pretty good episode. I mean, it has, it originates Cyril McFlip and that, that is undeniably a cool name. Undeniably. I like I like the name Cyril McFlip. Uh but yeah, other than that, it's just it's just a fun mystery-ish episode. And you know, Blythe and Sunil's bits are really funny, especially Especially when Blythe, like, talks Sunil into, like, watching a horror movie on his own. Because, like, she doesn't do it because they're too scary for her. And, like, like I guess that's that's the dichotomy I like. Where, like, someone thinks it's scary and, like, watches it anyway. And someone thinks it's scary and is like, no, what are you doing? I don't. I don't get it. I I like I want to see more of that dynamic in anything. Like cuz a lot like 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 I mean to to compare like one of my favorite shows Teen Titans has an episode centering around a horror film that the cast think is scary. And like that's that's a good episode that is a really good episode but that they all watch it anyway in this like they have the dynamic of like no what are you talking about i don't get it i want to see more people who don't get horror people you know 
Okay, I have been rambling about this episode, and if I'm not careful, this segment could go on for longer than the episode itself (laughs) because of how short it was. So I think I'm going to call it there because I think I tackled all of the major points I want to tackle with this one. All right, so the next episode is The Hedgehog in the Plastic Bubble. And, oh boy, oh boy, (laughs) what an episode. Uh, Essentially, if this episode were a song from the show, it would be The Rat Battle, because it's wrong in all the right ways, and it's right in all the right ways. (laughs) Because, like, it's incredibly stupid, but it's so fun that I can get over it. <laughs> so, like, basically the whole Blythe storyline where she thinks she has this infectious, deadly, or <gasps> disease, <laughs> as the episode would probably state. Uh, she becomes enamored with this Twilight-esque book about Fergus and Annabelle. <laughs> And it's so, it's so ridiculous that it's amazing. (laughs) Like, uh, like, 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 it it does the thing I like where, like, it, it pretends that a 10 is a 5 so that the 10 feels like a 15 in terms of how extreme it is. Like, I explained that earlier, but, like, I I like that style of parody where they're just playing it very straight but are taking it to an extreme, and that makes the difference even weirder. It's, uh, it's so great. Uh, I don't, I don't know. That, that part of the episode is just silly and dumb and I love it. <laughs> so as for the Russell bit um uh, I guess it's good too. It's interesting. It's not it's not bad, it's just really overshadowed by by this whole thing. And it's just I don't like it has some funny bits like Minka collecting Russell's quills and like Zoe not seeing colors even though she should if she's evolving into a human like thing but I went over that because like dogs evolve slower because they're so interconnected that's that's my theory I'm sticking to it and you know what it can be applied elsewhere so, um, I mean, <laughs> like, oh yeah, the whole Fergus and Annabelle thing started because she got, like, pimples, but she doesn't know what pimples are, and I don't, I don't know how you don't know that, because, <laughs> like, that, that seems like something you should learn. Uh, 
but like I said, like like the whole Fergus and Annabelle thing really really steals the show for me in this episode. Like the other part of the episode, the a the a story essentially, because that's what the episode is named for. Like it's good, it's fine. I like it. It has heart to it, and it connects to the B story well. It's just that the B story is just too fun for its own good. Like, like that could have been an episode all on its own, a like full-scale parody of Twilight. Ah, oh, that's that's just too delightful to give up. All right, uh, I've been going on for this episode for a little bit. We only have two episodes left, and we're going into the second to last one, Stand Up Stinker. Yeah, I don't really have too much to say when it comes to this episode. It's it's just a good episode. Like, I mean, I like Pepper and Blythe's story a lot. And, like, Bob Flemingheimer being this weird amalgamation (laughs) of three late-night kings, essentially. Like, that's... I find that funny. And, like, I had to look up who had a big old tooth gap, and it was David Letterman. Because I didn't notice that about David Letterman. Really, the most iconic thing were, like, his glasses to me. But, I mean, I guess the tooth gap would work, too. I don't know. But, other than that, like, the Minka wanting to go to Mars story was fun, too. (laughs) And, like, the way they uh, get around it... (laughs) is hilarious and I love it and uh when uh when when things go wrong uh like they they improvise a quick solution out of it and Minka sees that her talent is worth something to her and that I love that (laughs) that was amazing but like the the a story with uh pepper and blythe telling jokes and stuff is is also really great and it's really heartfelt to see like pepper like trying to aim for her goal and sort of getting what she wanted out of it i i know she like, from her fantasy that she wanted to be on the show herself, but just, like, taking a win where she can is great, especially after she dropped the ball. It's it's just good, I guess. That's That's the whole thing with this episode, is that it's just good, and... You know, there's not much else to say, so we're going to go into the final episode of Season 2, 
the expo factor for this last bit of retrospection. All right, there is a lot to unpack and I'm not sure I'm gonna unpack it all here, but I mean, there's an entire episode for that, but this is just a little bit of retrospection. Then uh, I'll be done. So let's see what we can and cannot unpack through this massive two-part episode. Uh, there is a lot I like about this episode. In, in fact, there's only one thing I don't like about this episode. And you know what? I will start with that because it will only go up from there. But seriously, why does all of Africa get one pavilion? Like... Africa, a super giant massive continent that is bigger than you think it is. Just because, like, it doesn't have a lot of, say, first world countries on it doesn't mean that it can't be as diverse as it is. Like, Africa has a whole range of cultures and just minimalizing it down to one is just dumb it's just dumb and i hate that about this episode i just do it's it's not great but everything else about this episode is great. I love Delilah and her interactions with all the other pets and even Sunil, which I mean Sunil might also be bisexual, but it's it doesn't matter. Maybe maybe it's like um Renge from Oran High School Host Club where she will let uh, uh like uh Kyoya uh with any other guy he wants but uh she's the only girl for him or like uh april and her gay boyfriends early on in uh parks and rec which is the second parks and rec reference i've made here and that's because my roommate's been watching it again as background noise but that's neither here nor there either way delilah is delightful haha <laughs> And so is Emma, who's back for this episode. And, like, Mona is a fun and interesting character. And the Biscuits going full-on evil for this episode is just great. <laughs> and Zoe being initially jealous of Russell, but then, like, being talked down to enough to help Russell is, like great and that whole saga with Russell is great and the whole like uh expo thing it's a really cool idea and a really great way to you know see how far Blythe has come since like the beginning of the series even because at the beginning of the series she was just lost and unknown and now she's found her place and is willing to stick up for it 
she has found herself a hill to die on and she will or she will just brush the biscuits off like they're rotten apples falling from a rotten tree as Mona describes them as. Uh, there's just so much about this episode that's good but like the biggest thing is the whole like thing at the end I pointed out where they mix a lot of elements from season two into this episode and it just really works and they blend and they're cohesive and it makes for a really detailed and deep episode and th there's just so much about this episode that like is good and seeing how it combines elements from all the other episodes it shows us how all of those episodes are really good as well even if it's like a slight thing they borrowed it it's prepared it like it set up a bunch of dominoes and then knocks it all down and then you see this glorious art that you made out of dominoes and it's exquisite it it becomes more than the sum of its parts even and i just love that about this episode and you know what it it does a good job at that and like i don't it's it's just good is what i'm getting at but i just wanted to list a few ways in which it was good and memorable and fun so that is it for this retrospective i guess um, this is a bit of a long one, and I still have something to say, but overall, this has been interesting, and I guess, you know, that's all I have to say on that. So, the other thing I wanted to say quick, now, you may have noticed early on, like, maybe back in, like, episode 50... I said that season two will have five pieces of bonus content. That is still true. Even though you would think this retrospective would be the last piece of bonus content before jumping into season three. Well, I also said that there's going to be one piece of bonus content that is unique to season two. And that is the bonus content that we will be getting to next time on the next bonus episode so um you might be wondering what that is but i'm not gonna tell you yet because that whole thing is just an explanation of something that you need before going into season three so stay tuned for that um I hope you enjoyed this episode, even though it was insanely long, but I love it, and I love looking at all of it in one big pot, 
even though it took me a really long time to get this episode together and like listen back to and edit down and edit up and stuff but it was fun for what it's worth so stay tuned for the final piece of bonus content which will be out soon and will not take as long and hopefully soon after that we will get right on back into season three oh i i have missed doing an episode Anyway, I will see you then.